Hello and thank you for listening to episode 483 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for November 2022. And I'm very sorry to announce that this is the very last Decade of Decadence show of 2022. We'll be back in January. Hooray! <laughs> oh, yeah. You tore a few people's hearts out then. Oh, just for a second. Maybe, maybe some people cheered the bastards. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're shutting up shop on December the 16th for the holiday period. Um, we always shut up shop. Well, not always. The last few years we have done. I've closed everything down. And so it's it's not a huge period of time. Uh, I'm thinking primarily, mate, as you well know, it's not enough time for the Grim Reaper to get his, you know, scythe going for for my favourite section of the show. Really, is it so? No, you'll have a you'll have a two month bumper. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I'll be extra happy in the January. Show. Yeah, because it's always it's always happier. Uh, you're always happier when someone famous dies at Christmas as well. It's that little, a little sweetener for you. Oh God, yeah. Oh, I can't wait now for the January show. That'll be. A... <laughs> So, yeah, we will be back. Between now and the 16th, though, there are some other format shows that are going to come out, but just be aware um, that everything's going to close down on the 16th. So, uh, right, as I desperately search my phone for what I should have got prepared to begin, we've got a little bit of uh, listener feedback, mate. Um, Working title still. Still needs a little bit of a jingle, really. Um, But here we go. Hooray. Uh, going back to the five actor thing, you can only watch films by five actors. Mm. Who are they? We had somebody else on Twitter, uh, Nicole at We Nick New on Twitter, and her five picks were Tom Hanks, nice. Meryl Streep, good one, cool. Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. Emma Thompson, and Julia Roberts. Nice. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for that, Nicole. Yeah. Uh, and again, on Twitter, we've had a bit of feedback from our good friend over in Sweden, Frederick, and he put... Oh, no, he didn't. This is for a different show. <laughs> this is for... Sorry, guys. This oh, is... this is... Oh, this is terrible. I am tired, actually. I should admit, I didn't tell you in the in the sort of pre-show chat that we have, um, I'm not as well prepared for this show as I normally am. Some may say you're never prepared whatsoever anyway. I've been really busy at work this week. So some of the prep that I would normally do, I've not been able to do. Sorry. So, yeah, even less professional than usual, if that can be believed. Uh, So, yeah, Frederick, I shall give your feedback on the show that is supposed to be for. So let's move on. Um, And I'm going to give you some bad news, Tom. I'm very sorry about this. Um... Oh, neighbours, neighbours, gone forever, gone forever. And then I can cheer you up by saying, it's coming back in the second half of 2023 on Amazon Freebie. Yeah, I I mean, good. I mean, I won't watch it, but good. You know, it was really shitty of Channel 5 to, uh, I mean, because it was Channel 5 from UK's fault. Um, Like, I think it's Fremantle, they're called. I mean, why do I know so much about this? I don't know. exactly, But I do, so let's just roll with it. Um, I think it was really shitty you know channel five just spinning it off because you know they just cheaper uk alternatives that no one cares about hmm. whereas um 
and such a huge fan base over here and in Australia, of course. So yeah, good. It felt like someone was going to pick it up, you know, like it just didn't yeah. feel like it was just going to go forever. So yeah, I'm glad. And I think you'll be able to watch thousands of episodes of Neighbours. It'd be, it's a bit of a weird thing to be like, yeah, I'm going to start watching Neighbours <laughs> from the start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe if you really, I mean, would it be possible to watch every episode of Neighbours um, before the middle of next year? I mean, you'd have to just give your Ooh. life to it, wouldn't you? That's How many episodes? Question. Thousands. There's got to be, yeah. Would Even if you stayed up 24-7, could you watch every episode of Neighbours? Um, how many? There's got to be. I don't know. I don't know. That's There would be maths involved, so I, I don't know. But it is good but because they are putting on there, aren't they, all – I think it's all of the previous episodes. Well, there's 5,955. Okay. Keep that in your head. So, okay, so let's say <laughs> okay. seven months. Yeah. Say, okay, so say average 30 days a month. So that's 210 days. So what did I say? 5,000 and... 5,955. Five. Mm-hmm. Divided by 210. Is? 28 episodes a day you'd have to watch. <laughs> and they're like 25 <laughs> minutes. Oh, so it's doable. It is doable. That's 700 minutes, which is... No breaks. So six hundred. It's eleven hours. If, okay, you'd pretty much have to do about twelve hours a day, no breaks, every day, <laughs> from like now, <laughs> watching all the episodes of Neighbours that even aren't even on freebie yet. So you probably wouldn't be able to do this yeah. weird hypothetical if you wanted to get caught up. <laughs> but if the if there was some way that you could watch them all, that's what you need to do. Yeah. So it's 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 possible. You can have twelve hours of watching Neighbours a day. Eight hours sleep and four hours to, I don't know what. Yeah. There's Sit. The, 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 there's the challenge we've set for anybody that's mad enough to do it. Yeah, brilliant. That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was a, it was the, um, the five uh, actors last month. It was the five directors this month. And uh, for next time, watch Neighbours every day for, for the next seven months, for 12 hours a day. You know when I said about being totally unprepared, mate, for this show? Is this something about the directors thing? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you can toot away at that in the background. I don't think there was many responses, so I don't think it's going to I didn't you even, long. you know how unprepared I am, I didn't even put it on Twitter to ask the question. Well, I saw we had one tweet from Ben as a as a reply just on your um, tweet about what we were starting recording. So we can use that one. Has anyone emailed in, Frederick? Frederick always normally emails in. No. I think we, sh- I think we should take a rain check till January. Oh. Dave. I, I had it ready. Oh, you're primed and ready to go. Okay, another month. No, two. Or See, one and a half, right. whatever it is. January. Like, no one's, yeah, like, no one's going to fucking reply anyway, so <laughs> I think the people that have, have. So um, I will tweet it out before then. I will be more prepared. I will have more time. I'll be fine. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Thank fuck I give that caveat at the start of the show of being just unprepared, so... I've got a few things. I've got a few things, though. Let's start. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Let's start with some music stuff. Right. Here we go. November the 16th. We're recording this on November the 25th. November the 16th, 1987. 35 years ago, the single Hysteria was released by Def Leppard, which was the fourth single from that landmark album by them. And I can can vividly remember buying that. That was... um, Hysteria was the first CD that I bought. How about that? Wow. Mm, that's why that's I remember cool. it so well. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, whoa. 
This sounds so good. Uh, yeah, and obviously that's that's the album that took them global, isn't it? Back in '87. Yeah, that was the one that uh, really took off, and it does. Yeah, it's such a good sounding record as well for production. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but of course that was uh, covered when we watched the um, the classic movie, The Def Leppard Story. Um, <laughs> yeah, with those fantastic accents that they did, and yeah, amazing acting that they did. If nobody's seen The Def Leppard Story, <laughs> please yes. watch it. Please watch it. Uh, please, actually, no. Please drink heavily and then watch it, and then you might get something out of it. It's hilarious. Jesus. Uh, it's, I, don't, I can't remember the date that it was, but quite recently it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Judas Priest were at last inducted into it. I mean, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame means nothing to me anyway. I think it's just a complete farce. But It's one of those things that's a bit like the Oscars where you're just like, oh, I don't care about that. It doesn't mean anything when the Oscar nominations were announced and then the awards were just like, oh, yay, they won. Oh, they got nominated. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck's <laughs> yeah. sake. Yeah. You, know it's, you know it's meaningless, but it kind of isn't at the same yeah. time. It's uh, it's weird. But if, it, but if it's a group that means something to you and they get inducted, it's suddenly, yay, at last. Yeah. So Judas Priest went in and it was great. And uh, I think we mentioned it in the last show when like KK was back with them just for that eight minute i think it was four song little piece that they did but then at the end of the show uh wow watching watching rob halford sing with dolly parton yeah. just put the biggest smile on me and tina's face because yeah so it's so wow. brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah i mean obviously dolly parton was inducted as well and um everyone came on for a bit i'll sing a song who, who all the other inductees mm-hmm. um including obviously rob halford which probably made his day like oh my life. god yeah he he put it on his instagram and all social media that you know him cuddling up to dolly parton singing jolene was like Unreal. what a moment yeah 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 absolutely brilliant yeah fantastic and after reading his autobiography which i recommend to everybody to read you know and the struggles he went through having to suppress his sexuality, you know, during mm. most of his time with Judas Priest, um, to be able to do this openly, it was just, and, and that's why, like I said, me and Tina were just like smiling from ear to ear. It was like, yay, go on, go on, Rob. We can see how much you're enjoying this. So it was, yeah, it was a little bit of the icing on the cake of that rock and roll hall of fame uh, evening. Yeah, yeah, hmm. definitely. Uh, I'll just finish off the, the music bit before I pass it over to you, mate. And kicks drummer a band oh god a band that i've been into for, for well since the 80s um their drummy drummer jimmy i always pronounce his surname wrong chalfant i think it's pronounced he suffered a heart attack during the during a gig wow. um yet yeah, he had had a previous heart attack at home but then he had a heart attack during a gig thankfully he survived but oh, holy shit not the best of times to have a heart attack. Um, I guess any time isn't really. But, uh, but yeah, but it's good that he survived and uh, Kicks are still going strong. A band, if you're listening to this, that you've never heard of, go and check out them. K-I-X, Kicks. Uh, yeah, that's my music-related stuff. Obviously, I've got a few more things, but I will pass it over to you, mate. Yeah, just my usual what I've been doing this month. Uh, mm, round up, I guess. Your busy life in London, mate. Yeah, I mean, I guess you should start with what's coming up, actually. Um, 
when we spoke last, obviously I just not long booked my uh, New York trip, um, yeah, yeah. which was going to, uh, which well, still is, um, including a day in Philadelphia, um, where I was very much just like, well, it would be great to meet Mike and it'd be great to do VO Rocky tour, but you know, <laughs> I'm on a budget. Um, uh, you know, I'll go to the steps myself. I'll go to the statue if I can, you know, mm get an uber somewhere to something else you know that's i'll just have to leave it at that the next day i was just on my lunch why are these stories always i'm on my lunch at work it's maybe every... i shouldn't have a i shouldn't have a lunch hour because this is the only thing that's gonna all be the, like i was all the cool stuff like appears during your lunch hour mate Has all the cool for, stuffs and going years. to see richard marks in a church um, <laughs> which was the coolest um yeah so i'm on my lunch at work and i was just talking to someone about it and i was just like Oh, fuck it i can i can do it i can yeah. make this work and um, it's because i went on i just started like you know when you go like you're going to you're like oh shall i and you go on this a website or what yeah. have you and you're just like you sort of like the fact the very fact you're going on the website is almost just like you like you've, subconsciously you've committed you, mate you've committed yeah, without there knowing um so i went on there then i saw like oh he takes mike takes half an hour and a half later that would be yeah <laughs> that's durable isn't it and yeah so basically i dropped uh mike an email off a date um, i was well potential dates um came back to me really quick obviously we know each other through like we follow each other on instagram and think mm-hmm. i'm on facebook that sort yeah. of thing um and yeah he was just like yep yeah, got this date uh, i think it's a wednesday i'm over there um i sent him the money all booked yeah half nine in the morning he's like can't wait to meet you i can't oh. wait to meet him yeah so i'm doing yeah i'm doing i'm doing what you did dave i'm doing the full yo rocky tour with mike uh during my trip oh so. mate i am and i told you this on whatsapp i am so happy you're doing this it's like it made my day when you told me this was all booked you're gonna have and awesome time and just as a reminder to everybody listening uh if you don't know about mike kunder and his rocky tours i mean there's a couple of podcasts i've done with him go search online they are if you've any interest in rocky whatsoever you've got to do this they're amazing yeah. i can't wait it's, to hear your stories yeah mate. oh yeah that episode in march um, is going to be a oh. going to be a long one um and yeah of course he's got his own podcast as well so uh he has yeah yeah um but uh yeah I, yeah i was just like i was just like I don't know. I think maybe I just sowed the seed when I said, no, I can't, like, <laughs> on the podcast. And then the next day, I was like, well, maybe. And then seeing it was, like, a deposit thing, and I didn't have to put it all down now. Oh. It's like, yeah, no, screw it. It's like, when, and, like, honestly, when am I going to be in Philadelphia again? Like, really? Well, that's the thing. Take, you know, it, take advantage it won't be, of it. It won't be the last time I go to America in March. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like to go to different places. I know I've been to New York before, but I'm going to go to Jersey. I'm going to Philly. You know, I'm, I'm not staying in New York for a whole week. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, but uh, when when will I do it again? So yeah, strike Quavia, thing is hot, um, yeah. and just do it. Not not yeah, that's not all. That isn't all, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm think I'm getting into um, Philly about eight thirty in the morning. I'm meeting Mike about an hour later. Cool. Um, I think it's like three or four hours um, mm-hmm. for the tour. So moving around to lunchtime, go and get a Philly cheesesteak somewhere. You've oh, already told me some recommendations. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, go and do that and then go to a couple of museums, Liberty Bell. Um, I'm hanging around because at five, I've got a reservation at a certain restaurant. <laughs> You've done this as well, Dave. <laughs> and I mean, I know you, you sat in the seat, in the hot the seat, seat. So uh, The seat, yeah. still still warmed by uh, Sylvester Stallone's buttocks, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I, I don't mind where I sit, but yes, um, I'll be having dinner 
have a Victor Cafe Way. or Adrian's, as Yay. it's uh, also known. <laughs> um, and then I think I'm getting like the eight o'clock train back, so I'll probably oh. have an hour or so just to um. What do a day! Else. What a day! Yeah, and then I think the next day is a day I go to New Jersey. Oh, is it? Talking talk myself here. Yeah, no, but yeah, the Thursday is when I'm planning to go to Jersey, so. It's going to be a busy couple of days in a busy week. So, uh, yeah, that's so. Yeah, it's all all that is all done. So cool that that is. But you know, the only thing that was missing before you told everybody about that, mate. Go on. And that's this. Yo, Polly. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I should have. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. For once, said press a button. When we when we talk about it, um, when we talk about it next March, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll be. I'll let you. I will I'll be pressing you. that button before you start, mate. Yeah, so it's uh, it's wild. It was just like because Stallone was in Philly, wasn't he? He recently? was, yeah. Just he was in a restaurant yeah. and by the by the stairs, and was yeah. just like, oh, I'll be there. I'll yeah. be there soon. So um, yeah, that's all. That's all happening. So um, so cool. Yeah, I haven't actually made any more like plans about what to do in New York. I've got like rough idea of like on a Tuesday I might go and just go see like a show on Broadway like in the evening. Like yeah. just they've got today ticks as well, so just book something on the day. There's like an almost famous musical, so I might do that. Um, something like that, and then yeah, I need to get some thoughts together about mm. the rest of the time. So, not like there'll be any lacking of things. To do, oh God, so. no! I I don't think you're going to be over there twiddling your thumbs, being bored at any point whatsoever. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Okay, so what have I been doing mm. this last month? Okay, so the first one was um, uh, to celebrate the launch of his book with the journalist i think it's sean o'hagan i'm trying to squint over at the book spine um over the way here but um i can't quite see it anyway it's a book um it's basically this journalist sean o'hagan who i think i think that's his name um is it like it's basically a book of a conversation he has with nick cave and nick cave and that journalist were there at south bank center for the um, london literature festival doing a talk about that and like nick cave's writing process obviously cave has lost two sons in recent years mm. um well talk was really good uh, re- surprisingly funny at times um uh, i didn't have the best seats in my house it's a lot of craning and squinting but that wasn't entirely the 100 percent reason why i was going i mean it was 50 like, 50 i guess um <laughs> he was clearly only really prepared to talk about um i think his son the first son who passed away is called arthur he's clearly only ready to talk about that that's in a book. That's where he's in a comfortable place for his second son. Um, I can't remember their name because they didn't talk about it at all. Much more recent, probably still raw. And then after the talk, it opens up to a Q&A. First question. Some fucking smart ass who thinks, oh, this would be a good thing to ask. Stands up. Read for room. Nah. Well, what about your other son? How's that affected you? It's just like, and he was just like, I'm really sorry. I'm just not comfortable with talking about that yeah. there's a lot of moving parts of all of that it's just like he's explicitly not mentioned the death of his other son yeah for the last hour and a bit and you get up and you ask oh, just, just oh these people at these q a's and then there was another guy who was just like basically he was his question was about cancel culture <laughs> and he just loved the sound of his own voice on oh, and on no. and in the end in the end nick cave just cut him off he's like yeah i know what your question is about cancel culture and he just answered that <laughs> Just like, but um, there were some really cool ones as well. There's a, a lad who was turning 14 the next day who was like, he sort of dreamed to come to it. And he said, you know, what were you like at four? It was just really nice moment. Yeah. So that was good. Mm. And someone said, was like, oh, yeah, we all know like the miserable 
and of a downbeat Nick Cave, you know any good jokes? <laughs> and he did, <laughs> which was a pretty brutal joke. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, but anyway, so um, I actually got up and uh, left before ten minutes before the end because also Nick Cave was and the journalist Sean Hagen was, was signing the new book, and I was just like, I want to meet Nick Cave. Yes, yeah. please. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm glad I did step out ten minutes before the end. Because it was straight into a queue, which already had quite a few people in it. Not, I didn't know oh. exactly how many until a certain point. And there was like, it was basically round a corner, some stairs going up, across a little bit of hallway, and then round into another room as this queue went yeah. when I joined it. Um, it didn't move for ages. It's like the cutoff, like about 10, 15 minutes later, people started coming out of the, the South Bank, uh, the Royal, it was a Royal Festival Hall, um, started coming out of that and um queue very very slow moving then it started moving a bit more basically it started moving a bit more because like people were the first few people were talking to him a lot and he was talking back taking photos binned off photos binned off personalization <laughs> yeah just rattled through it and i i mean i was i was uh, messaging you and tina in the queue because it mm-hmm. was like yeah. we came around the corner into the final bit which was another room and it was like <sighs> This is going to be close. It really was 50-50 about whether I'd met. But yeah, 10-24, I think it was. Wow. Um, I met Nick Cave. Shook his hand, said (laughs) thanks. It was brief, but I met him. You did it, mate. You did it. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, can't wait to read the book when I get to it in my pile. Um, Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Met Nick Cave. Met Nick Cave awesome i know how much that means to you mate so like when you said you were you know sending me and tina whatsapp messages it was like oh my god i hope he's gonna do it i hope he's gonna do it and then we got the message he's you know done I mean? it he's done yeah. it yeah <laughs> when i got him in, when i saw when nick cave came in eyesight i knew it'd be all right yeah you know, that they they did that queue was moving quickly and i was very conscious of being quick because there was like six minutes left and like you know, I said how long that queue was. Yeah. Like it was longer than that when I came down. <laughs> oh it went further than where I joined it. Whoa. So there's no way they met Nick Cave. Um, yeah. I felt like saying, guys, just go. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, I hope he got, I don't know how long he stayed in the end, if he stayed any longer, but there was six minutes left when I left. And I was yeah. just sort of just like, oh, fucking hell. So good you left early, mate. Really is. Yeah. If I hadn't, I wouldn't have, uh, when I met him, wouldn't have happened. I'd have just been in a queue and been really pissed off. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good night. Um, nice. The next night after that um, was Ghostwatch at the BFI. Oh God, yeah. Which was a, they had the creator there, um, creator, the writer, the director. They had the actress who played the, um, uh, you know, the woman who's in the studio of Parky. Yeah, she was there. Um, one of the producers came on. Um, I don't think that this producer was supposed to come on. Uh, they weren't expecting on the stage, and they were doing this thing. Basically, it was like a spooky stuff starts happening on stage while they're doing the q and a it's a legitimate q and a but like one of the lights starts fritzing out the the mic starts making whooshing noises and then like all the, the like the power cuts out and stuff like that and they all leave the stage the producer coming on stage did sort of interrupt the flow of that a little bit but yeah. um uh and there was also some hecklers and i thought they were part what? of it um so there's these two girls um sort of sat behind us and this producer was talking she was talking at length to be fair no yeah. well, no i'm not gonna say to be fair she was talking at length about this and like they just shouted out oh we just want to hear about um pipes and the ghosts like shut up we just want to hear about pipes and the ghosts and i look at her, i was like oh i think it's thinking to myself well another bit of it yeah yeah with a haircut 
No, they were fucking hecklers. Oh my god, that's horrible. Like this poor woman, like, uh, there's all this awkwardness about her coming on stage, but she was really interesting, like, giving oh. stuff context and stuff. And these, oh, we want to hear about pipes and the ghosts. It's just like it's a fucking TV show, it's made up. Like, I'm sure they'll get to like how they create, you know, came yeah. up with a name, which, yeah. uh, they may or may not have, I can't remember, but yeah, that was really shitty of them. I actually, I legitimately, until, it wasn't until I got home or even the next day that I realized that they were just two dickheads heckling this woman on stage <laughs> about. <laughs> Because it wasn't the part what she was talking about wasn't interesting to them. Oh I guess. Oh my god! How 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 dare people on stage not yeah, not I've, say things about what you want to hear? God. Yeah, ridiculous. So um, yeah. So yeah, that was a bit unpleasant. But yeah, they in the end the like the lights went down and they all like left the stage and then all the lights were flashing and that and then pipes came on with screen and stuff. It's all pretty silly. Nothing scary yeah. like that. Everyone was just sort of laughing along. It was fun. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, we did, um, because of uh, Fabio Fritzi cancelling, um, mm. Chris Howard and I did the Commode and Mayo Halloween special at the Indigo 2. They also have a podcast that some people might have heard yeah. of. Oh, yes, I well, I hope Possibly. so. I hope so. And if you haven't, go and look it up. One or two people might have heard of that podcast. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Um, yeah, that was all right. Like they didn't really. They had um, uh, what's the face there, um, who created Girls, Lena Dunham, talking about that her latest film yeah. with her husband there, um, and um, the actress whose name escapes me, who's in the Neil Bill Nye film Living. Mm-hmm. Nothing particularly horror related. It was fine. Not the strongest commode related thing I've been to, but okay, something nice to do on Halloween. Yeah, um, as our other plans got cancelled, so. Um, then we had a bit of weekend of synth music. Uh, Rob Beardsley, um, his mate Luke and I went to see Carpenter Brute in Shepherd's Bush. That was brilliant. Um, and also <laughs> included my first mosh pit in years. <laughs> and um, you survived. Well done. Survived um, and not hurt. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The moment the crowd started getting larry when Carpenter Brute came on, Rob and Luke just hightailed it. I was just like, no, because they'd seen him before. I was like, no, yeah. I'm going stand to stand here. But then as it slowly went on, I sort of just got moved more and more to the front. And by the time they did their Maniac cover by the end, I was just right in the middle of this circle pit <laughs> being bounced around quite happily. Yeah, good fun, good fun. And then uh, the very next night, um, more synthwave, a triple bill of um, Magic Sword LeBrock, who, uh, of course, Ooh, you mentioned yeah, yeah. on a soundcheck show, and uh, Droid Bishop, um, which was good. Uh, Droid Bishop's just a guy on a guitar and a synth. Really good, though. Uh, LeBrock, I mean, I know I've moaned because they only played 40 minutes in my first gig back after the pandemic. Um, but that 40 minutes was good. Yeah. This show, not quite as good. A Whoa, bit of an off day. He really? was having some vocal problems. They they had the lights down really low. Um, they were quite in the dark. Like It worked for Magic Sword, the next band, because they're like mysterious and wear masks and stuff. But yeah, the lights were really down low. Um yeah, it was just they only played for about half an hour, but like, I was like, yeah, that's oh, fine. God. Yeah, I it's was, a bit of an off. Um, I was up here working on the computer the other day, and I was blasting out LeBrock, actually, just yeah, just, just the other day. I, I've got yeah, really into a, them. Just an off day. Yeah, I mean, the last time I saw them, we were really good. But yeah, he said he was having some vocal issues and like had lost his voice a bit. And, yeah. it, you know, they it was fine, but like, yeah, not the, not the greatest. But Magic Sword were really good. As I said, they were masks and all of this and like cloaks and stuff. Yeah. And um, 
oh, now this, yes, this, this person in the crowd. I think I said I was saving you this story for. <laughs> go on, go on. So we've all been moaning about, you know, I know you don't like people filming gigs. Oh, God, no. Just and I do it, it for like, I do it like, you know, you a see my bit. Instagram. A little bit is fine. 30 to 60 seconds. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's I fine. don't film entire songs, but yeah. it's, um, or try not to. I mean, I did. No, I mean, I did about a verse and a chorus at, at most. Um, so, we've, so we've said in the past about filming whole songs and where Rob and Luke were for Carpenter Brute, they were like, oh, yes, I was just filming yeah, the whole yeah. fucking set. It felt like it was ridiculous. <laughs> cool, we'll get to watch it back. And it's like, well, what about your memories? You know, yeah. Um, you know, like, and even when I do my little 30 second clips, I'm not looking it through the phone. I'm just sort of holding that off to the side. I'm watching the. You know, I'm watching the gig. You know, oh, well, that's, I don't that's have it. Thing, I, I don't have it in front of me. I just sort of have it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it in my, in my room. You can't see it, but you're like, you know, I've got the phone up, but I'm not looking through the camera. I'm looking at the. I'm not looking at the screen. I'm looking at the gig still. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know, multi. Well, it's not multitasking. It's just not looking at the screen. <laughs> it's being. It's being there in the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, we spoke. We've spoken about this before. This guy at the front and his missus, like, they were like, I don't know how old they were. Like maybe in there late 40s, early, mid 40s to early 50s, I guess. Um, I think they were pretty, I don't know if they were drunk, but they like they oh, first no. came to my attention during the first band because they just started like seeming to have a, like an argument. Like they were oh, right God. at the very front row. I was like a person behind them. I was like in a second, but they were rows, it's just a clump of people. But yeah. I was, they were just off to the right of me, in front of me. And then to a point where Droid Bishop, the guy who was opening, was just like, basically went over and just sort of like just said about everyone having a good time. And it was very like, got, you know, right down, right. them playing the guitar, doing like big solos in front of them just to try and, and then cheer them up a bit. And they seemed to be all right then. And then this guy, he just got his phone out near the end of Droid Bishop. And he just started filming himself. What? So he put, he had his camera um, portrait. So just holding it up like you normally would. Oh selfie God. mode and he was just filming himself oh just like smiling God. and then he turned it around to his missus and she was like her them dancing and bobbing along and then instead of like flipping the camera around like you can yeah he literally turned the entire phone around to film so like oh, there is no. no way in hell oh, no. that they got any you like anything worth watching back from that no and then he just turned it back around to themselves and then stopped when Roy Bishop finished and then when LeBrock came out, he did it for the entire LeBrock set. A lot, a lot of it at the time. Because I was just like, this was winding me up. I'm like, what is this dickhead doing? He's just filming himself. And then like all his misses and then himself and then both of them and then, then turning it round, which he wouldn't have got any, you, like there's no way, no way. you've got good control no enough to turn your entire phone round. If you flip the camera, like you can on some phones, you know, you can see what you're seeing, but he couldn't yeah. see what he was filming. Some points, he was just like just smiling absent-mindedly into the camera while the band were on. Him just looking, just smiling, not doing anything, just smiling into the camera. Like, what are you going to do with this footage? Like, are you going to watch this back? Like, what, what are you doing what are with they this? Gonna do? Like, are you just sit there and watch a video of you smiling while a band's playing, then failing to capture any good footage of a band? It's just so fucking weird. Um. The great thing about it was when Magic Sword came on, they're sort of like, I guess they're sort of like a more proggy synth. Like, they're just like, 
slower um you know big guitar solos yeah you know heavier and he didn't like it because i could see his <laughs> oh, no. he was still filming himself and he's like he was looking less and less interested and by the second song him and his missus just left and like there's a couple of people around me laughing i was like yeah um he was replaced by a slightly less annoying person who was just this very enthusiastic magic sword it was just guy he was wasted he was, first he tried to start a little mosh pit this was fine this is all fine just to preface but then what the thing that annoyed me was doing is just like when you you've seen it at these when these people turn around with their back to the stage and they're just like holding their arms up oh, it's just like no mate we're not here to see you fucking turn around and watch a band like we're not here to watch you celebrate like i'm glad you're having a good time good you've got the shirt you're obviously a big fan but like why are you looking at the, like the, we're not what why do you think we're watching you stop making it about you um, that's, ter- that's terrible but yeah he bumbled away after a while it was fine and in the end i ended up at the front and yeah that's very good and i just acted like a normal human being <laughs> you didn't get your phone out then I mean, I, I mean, I was at the very front and there was no bars. I was literally then on the stage. I'm, I'm definitely getting a 30-second video of them doing one of their their big finale song. I was just like, yeah, a fucking great view. So, yeah, I took some photos. I'm not gonna, of course I did. But I've got, I just got a new phone. Yeah, I've got, it's got like a 50-megapixel camera on it. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's no guardrail. I'm literally, there's me and like leaning on the, one of the speakers. Just, you know, yeah, of course I fucking will. <laughs> but um, I'm not filming myself during the rest of the set and I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah jesus people at gigs god people you, at gigs i know what was it the last time you had was it the guy and his missus trying to push past and oh yeah that you, you um, were in the way how, how dare you skid, be, be at the same gig and be in there yeah yeah i think that was skid row the guy who had no like it felt like he'd never been to a gig before because like people were pushing into him and stuff but it's just yeah like yeah i mean yeah (laughs) what can you say (laughs) every every time you go to a gig mate there's always a story there's always something that happens yeah to bring it down a bit my next thing was i went to see um a play my friend was in there which was about windrush i believe it's called a um windrush a new scandal um okay by a little theater group um uh union theater in london um my friend ronda um is in it and um I know they tour around the country, so if you do see anything in your neck of the woods in the UK about a, a play about Windrush, um, do check it out. It's I think it is the only one, but um, it was really good and just like I found out a lot about it. Um, mm. It's set in like obviously when the government tried to deport all these poor families, yeah. um, uh, the children of Windrush. But yeah, yeah, really good. Um, and uh, my friend was really good too. <laughs> so uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you don't want to bring it down too much by talking about Windrush on our light-hearted podcast, but uh, <laughs> very good, very good show if anyone has oh, to see it. Yeah, good. Um, and then it was a lunchtime decision the following Friday. Not another lunchtime decision, mate. Yeah, I just, I was just like, Porcupine Tree are playing in Wembley and I never bothered to get a ticket. Managed to get a ticket for 30 quid off some bloke on Twitter, um, which was a bit of a, you know, risk. Um he sent me the bloody ticket um, thing on Ticketmaster. Was it Ticketmaster? I, I can't remember the app. AXS, I think it was. Yeah. Before I even paid him. So, um, bloody hell. Yeah, I could have I could have ripped him off. Obviously, I wouldn't. <laughs> normal human being again. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I went to see Porcupine Tree. I had their floor seats as well. 
30 quid. I think they're worth about 75. So lovely. How? Um, yeah. My God. I mean, and they played for three hours. Oh my God. Three hours. That's three hours. You definitely got your money's worth. They, they're on stage about three and a quarter and they took a 20 minute break halfway through because they, because they said that they're getting old. Um, so, uh, which was nice because I was, I had seat, they were like, the seats are up in Wembley, but it was just nice to be able to sit down because you don't have a lot of room standing when seats are there. So, um, but yeah, three hours of Porcupine Tree. I haven't seen him live in years. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So, never heard of him. Got to admit, mate, never heard of him. Really? Oh, mm. you probably, um, I mean, yeah, oh, God, yeah. But when we started podcasting, they disbanded. They disbanded in like 2010. Oh for, okay. And didn't get back together till like late last year, I don't think, and brought a new album out. So, yeah, I mean, I saw them a lot in the mid mid to late 2000s. Like, I think I saw them first in 2006. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them in Cambridge. I saw them in Norwich. I saw them in London. I saw them at Download. Everywhere, as like, as many times as I could see them. Then they disbanded. And then, yeah, so being able to see them one more time, I don't know. I think they're doing a couple of festival shows next year, but I don't think they're going to be playing too much. So, yeah, really cool to see them. Um, God, there's a lot this month. Next, <laughs> getting tired of my own voice. Next up was Future Sounds, which Dr. Tom and I went to back in late February, late March. I can't remember which, uh, which was a really good, um, like, big long night of a uh, synthwave in Tottenham. Um, I think it started at seven and finished at two. Mm. So big up long night. This time it was in Hoxton in East London. Dr. Tom and I went, Dr. Tom was going back to Norwich about, um, I think his train was nine and I was going to stay on. But within half an hour of getting to this smaller venue in Hoxton, great pub, really cool looking pub. Yeah. Gig venue? No. <laughs> or not at that size. Like it was just like the atmosphere was just, dead just full of people no room we would i was just like, like the moment like within 10 minutes of us sitting down with a pint we were, i was just like i'm going when tom does i'm not staying here um <laughs> it's a shame because there was some acts yeah. i wouldn't mind seeing but i was just like there's no way in here hopefully oh no they're planning to do another one hopefully they'll move to because the venue in tottenham was a replacement for this place in hoxton yeah. hopefully they'll do it somewhere else next time because yeah wasn't great, which was a shame. Yeah. So I went home and watched um, uh, Al Pacino blind film. Oh. Uh, oh my god! I remember when you messaged me about it. It's scent of a woman. Scent of a woman. woman. Yeah. Long story, but it became a bit of an odd running joke between me and Doctor Tom during that day, and we were just like, "I'm, I'm going to go and watch it. I'm going to go home and watch it. If I'm going home early, I'm going to go and sit and watch it." And um, that's a film I didn't know what it was about until I watched it. Yeah, never seen it before. You'd never seen it before. <laughs> Whoa. When um, so yeah, I thought it was about like Al Pacino, Chris O'Donnell on the poster. He's helping him through the park. Yeah, I was just like Al Pacino is blind. Chris O'Donnell's his helper. Correct so far. Yeah. Um, and Al Pacino wants to reconnect with a lost love in New York City. <laughs> um, and the center it's called Center of a Woman. Because he's blind now, but he always remembers, you know, her perfume, something like that. Something nice and romantic. Not Al Pacino. It's called Tinder Woman because he's a fucking massive pervert, like <laughs> sex mad deviant. And he wants to go to New York for one last shag and then he's going to blow his brains out in his hotel room. Did not think it was about that. And like, I knew it was who, I knew that's where comes from. But I didn't think he just does it the whole film. And like, I think I sent you the clip. You right? did, yeah, you did. Tits, 
Hoo-ah, big ones, <laughs> small ones, nipples glistening in the night sky, and all this. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He wa- and that's what you want the Oscar for. Brilliant. Um, and then better than all of that was a reason. He went blind. Hang grenade juggling incident. Brilliant. What a, what a film. Hoo-ah. You've made me want to, to re-watch this again now. Oh yeah, my God. God. Wow. Right. Um, I'm getting tired of my own voice, Dave. Interrupt us. I've, I've still got stuff to go through. but Okay, then. I'll, ju- I'll jump in with a few things. Have a drink. Um, there, there is. Did you know about the Friday the 13th um, prequel series coming to Peacock that is going to be titled yeah. um, Crystal Lake? Uh, basically, I've known what you said about it. That's about it. Yeah, that's all I know about it, really. So it's one to... When's it? Um, when's it coming? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, when they've got to wait for a month, which has got Friday. <laughs> well, it, it's by a twenty-four, so we'll never see it in the UK officially. So, I mean, Peacock would be on Now TV slash Sky, but yeah, you're quite right. A twenty-four. I mean, um, I don't get it. Oh, God. I'm going to stop talking and have a drink. Clearly not. Um, um, <laughs> I don't get this reverence for a twenty-four. Oh, yeah, a twenty-four. A twenty-four made it. A20- mm. No, they didn't. A24 production company. They don't make the films. Mm. You know, directors make the films. They finance the films and produce the films. But, like, they don't, you know, they're not, you know, they're not the directors. They're not the writers. Like, it's like saying, oh, it's a 20th Century Fox film. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a MGM movie. Oh, it's, you know, it's just like, they're just a production company. Yeah. I do not get this stigma about, like, yeah, they do indie films, but there's a lot of indie film companies that put out really good shit. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously that's not helped by the fact that every single, seemingly every single A twenty four film, apart from X, I believe, was an exception to the rule, um, just takes forever to come out over here. Like we're oh. still waiting. There's still no sign of Pearl um, no. over here. There's still um, no sign of Marcel Vachel with shoes on, which is supposed to be wonderful. Um, no sign of that. Um, so yeah, you're quite right. If it's uh, an A24 thing, unless Guy get it, just won't see it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. A24. With... What have they got against the UK? I don't know. I don't because know. Because someone once said it was like, oh, you know, it's the UK distributors, and I'm like, yes, it is, but not all of them are like, nah. Mm. I don't know if they hold back on just distributing it to the UK or setting that up, but it's really shit. It and, is. Um, yeah. And we'll just increase piracy, which we'll well, probably, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm probably going to cover that in a little bit as well. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So if we get to see it, I'll give it a sh- yeah. give it a shot. Do you remember the um, 80s Friday the 13th show, which had nothing to do with Jason? It was I do. Yeah, fucking antique shop. I think I've got that on my laptop. Somewhere. Yeah, I used to rent those on video back in the day. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I've got the whole thing on my laptop, but never watched them. I watched a few, but hmm. maybe one day I'll. Yeah. Maybe one day. It was a, a very tenuous link to Friday the Thirteenth, as far as using the, the name yeah, of it goes. Yeah, yeah, don't like, expect Ugh. Jason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's move on to a little bit of Sly news. Yo, Polly. Uh, he was on Jonathan Ross over here in the UK. He's doing the whole tour everywhere, isn't he, to do with Tulsa King? That's come out on Paramount Plus. That, as we sit here recording, like I said, on November the twenty fifth. I haven't seen any of it yet. I'm... Yeah, I've heard about this. You're not watching it. What's all that all about, yeah, Dave? Yeah, I'm, ke- I'm sort of keeping my powder dry. I know it's a, t- I know it's a TV show. It is. Well, it's I, sly. I'm obvi- obviously I'm going to watch it because it's sly, but I want I want them all there. I'll probably binge them 
like in a few days a or point. something ridiculous. I don't want to. How many has it? Is it weekly? As far as I know, it is. Oh right, so yeah, you'd probably have to wait. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to like you know, cough up and subscribe to Paramount Plus and wait a week and watch one. I'd rather right, they're yeah. all out now. Now I'm going to subscribe okay. to it and I'll watch them all within that first month that I get. So, um, but the little trailers and that that I've watched, and again, you know, I've foregone my usual. You know, I want to watch this, so I'm not going to watch the trailer. Um, yeah, I've watched the trailers for this. It does look really good. So I'm looking forward to watching it. It'll probably be, I don't know, maybe maybe by Christmas I might subscribe to it and have it, you know, yeah. watch some while I'm off work over Christmas. Might be a good yeah, thing yeah. to do. Well, I've so. heard good things. Me too. Yeah, I have heard good like, things. It's not like a Sopranos or anything because I think yeah. Sarah Twin is involved. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like like Sly, Sly knows, you know, the sort of character people want to see and he's very good in it and it's decent. So, yeah, I mean. Cool. Yeah, that's enough for me. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll chat about it in a future show sometime uh, sometime soon. Uh, moving on, a little bit more Sly news. Yo, Polly. Uh, I recently found out, and this is old news, that Quentin Tarantino uh, had an adaptation of David David Morell's novel First Blood, uh, and he wanted to to film it as as the novel is. Um, not so much a remake, more, you know, a reimagining, but using yeah. the novel again as a, a firm basis. And I'd love to know what you and everybody listening thinks about the casting because Tarantino wanted, as Rambo, go on, I'll give you a guess, and everybody listening, who do you think Quentin Tarantino wanted as Rambo? Go on, Tom. Tarantino? <laughs> yeah. And this is quite, this must be fairly recent for who he chose. DiCaprio. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And who did he want as Teasel? Well, I don't know. And I think this is brilliant. When I read who he wanted as Teasel, when you think now, he wanted Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I thought, yeah, I can see that, actually. I can see that. And me as a hardcore Sly and Rambo fan. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down with that. <laughs> Tarantino wanted to do a lot of things, though, didn't he? I yeah. Know he's sort of like he keep like he keeps talking about his last thing, and he said, "I bet you said something about doing a an, a mini. He's written a mini series and stuff like that. His last yeah. thing might be a, a series, you know, a, you know, baseball. Well, no, for him, there was be talk, wasn't there, of, of um, wasn't there a Bond movie that he was going to do? Yeah, as well? there was that. There was Star Trek. Yeah, just none of it's really panned out. Yeah. But I don't know if his last. I I, I feel like his last thing. You know, will be the next thing, then the next thing, then the next thing. I don't think there'll ever be a last thing, but yeah. but there's always so many projects that he's said about. Like, yeah. Oh, I want to do this. I'm sure there was, but uh, mm. let's be glad for the stuff we do get. Yeah, exactly. I've got his book actually. Um, oh, nice. Cinematic cinema speculation. I'm saving it for my. Um, I've got a coach and train journey to uh, Norfolk next weekend, so I'm going to uh, yeah. take it on that. So yeah, it's literally just him talking about films of the seventies and eighties. Like, oh my god, that'd yes. be good. Yeah. I saw people try and have a moan about him on t- Twitter. God, maybe it's the best of Twitter goes. Um, just like, <laughs> oh, he's only talking about male directors, and I'm like, unfortunately, there weren't too many female directors and writers in the seventies and eighties, and it was a very male-dominated thing. And mm. only recently, it's just like, so yeah, yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't have cared about the gender of the director or the writer or anything if he was 
you know, if they were available, you know, to him, films directed by women. Yeah. Back then, but they weren't. So shut up. Stop trying <laughs> to find stuff to fucking moan or cancel or anything. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just ranting. I was talking to someone about that the other day. It's just, <laughs> just fucking, there weren't any. There just weren't. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway, what else have you got, Dave? Anyway, I've got a little bit. Surprise, surprise. More Sly News. Yo, Polly! Uh, I've been watching a few interviews with him on YouTube recently, and a couple of projects that he's got on the go are it's TV stuff, again, but it's and it's prequels, again, but it's prequels to both Rocky and Rambo. And it's okay. Like, okay. So he was talking about, and he said the one that's closest to coming to fruition is the the rocky prequel and i think he said like in this rocky is 16 years old um mickey is 29 uh sly is going to be doing the voiceover from like the future you know like rocky as he is nowadays you know and you know oh and back then bloody bloody blah blah so he'll be doing the voiceover to it uh, and naturally, he said the hardest part is who are you going to cast as Rocky? Which is whoever is whoever is cast as Rocky. Are they on hiding to nothing? Because it's so sort of ingrained that Sly is Rocky, Rocky is Sly. You go back mm. to sixteen-year-old Rocky, and it's somebody else. And is are people going to accept that? I don't know. Don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? It's, it's really probably tough. one of the biggest roles like that ever to, yeah. you know. And obviously, like, I think there's the, the talk about Escape from New York's restarted again, and there's just, like, who's going to be yeah. Snake? I mean, yeah, I could probably see them doing it. I couldn't name one off the top of my head, but who will be the new Rocky? Yeah. I mean, Stallone can't do it anyway, so, at the moment, so hmm. it's a bit of a moot point. Yeah. But, um, Maybe, maybe that's the best, as much as you'd like to see him in like Creed Three or the other films. But I don't know if I'd want to see that. Yeah, he did Quite have. Book. He did have. He did have some good ideas for what he wanted to do with Rocky now, but that was taken away from him, and I think that yeah, time has I gone. Mean, if that had happened when it should have happened, I think it would have been really good. Yeah, I mean, but I mate, think that time's gone. I don't think there should be another Rocky, and mm. if there is, if he wants to do that. I mean, I'm not again. He can't, but if he wanted to do that, book, graphic novel, yeah, you know, something else like the recent Superman '78 and Batman '89 graphic novels, you know, yeah, got Chris, you know, they're they're drawn as Christopher Reeve and Tim uh, uh, Michael Keaton, um, you know, something like that, but just a, just it's a, just as a viable form of entertainment. It doesn't have to mm. be a TV show or film, but you can't recast Rocky. I no. can see another Rambo, like we just talked about Adam Driver, fine, but like Rocky. Yeah, man. there was, well, I mean, we talked about it, was, God, it's a good few years ago now. There was, um, I think it was a Bollywood film, wasn't it? That they were, they were going to sort of remake Rambo. And the idea for it was really good because it was like a total rewrite of it. It wasn't like a remake, it was like a complete rewrite of it. And I was sort of on board with that as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, Rocky's up there, like, Bond. Bond's different, of course, because you can have different actors playing, yeah. but Rocky, like... That, yeah, that's... That I'm struggling really to think of a, a dip bigger, you know, like, the Terminator, again, 
You can have different Terminators. That's fine. Yeah. I can't think of a movie character it's on a the scale point. of Rocky. Yeah, it's a good point. That would that could survive a I recast. Think, yeah, I think as far as like the actor and the character being so entwined, and they are the character, like I said, and the character yeah. is the actor. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. It's like Rocky and Sly are they're one and the same because he yeah. says doesn't he in so many interviews people come up to him you know even in the street and it's hey yo rocky and it's like yeah you know they don't acknowledge him as sylvester stallone they acknowledge him as as rocky so yeah. i mean that says a hell of a lot yeah that's one we'll keep an eye on that obviously um yeah and one other little bit of sly news yo polly uh, thanks to the job i do my eyes are open to lots of different music movies tv shows etc and just this week uh my eyes were open to a an animated series um that i was not aware of I'm, i don't know if you are or I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners would be called regular show have you heard of regular show regular show who's on who does that who, I, I have no it? idea i don't know because it rings heard, the bell yeah it's it's some weird and wacky animated show i think it's finished now it's from a few years ago uh but anyway um there and what sort of piqued my interest in it is um because i read up on it then since being introduced to it by you know one of the students was um there's loads of 80s references in it and I started reading up and going, oh, my God, they reference like The Thing and blah, bloody blah, blah, and sort of weird and wonderful 80s references that, you know, we'd be into. And then yeah. then I read that one, one entire episode is, is referencing and is dedicated to and is, in, is titled Over the Top. The Sly oh film God. over the top. Now I haven't watched it yet. As we sit here recording, I haven't watched it yet because it's only recently that I've been made aware of it. But yeah, regular show over the top. So that is something that um, between now and as recording in January, I've got to watch it, mate. So just yeah, to, just yeah, to see. But yeah, I need to watch a few more. From what I've read, again, you know, all the all the you know weird eighties references. It's something that we should maybe dip into a little bit. Yeah, do right. Mm. Um, I've got a couple more things. Do you want to hand it back to yeah. you, mate, before I finish I'll with the last two? Bring back over to me. Yeah, I've got Go too then. much, too much else. Um, so we move on with gigs. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot <laughs> in the last month where I've had to do like split this up. Oh my god. Um, I mean, the review by the time that we've um, this episode's out will be on the website of uh, Fozzy. Um, had um Dale do the photos for it as you've seen the photos Dave already of course mm-hmm. um, um some great stuff from Dale um he was down the front um getting some good uh good shots of Chris Jericho and the he band got, he got some great photographs mate gotta say yeah I think he's gonna um, mount um put one one up on his wall of fame um so that's really cool for him to uh get to photo uh, shoot Jericho um. If we've ever review, interesting gig, big. Da- I mean, I didn't go too much into this because I don't want to be too overly negative. And we get big venue downgrade, big, big, yeah. big, big. We're yeah. going from the Kentish Town Forum to the Islington Academy. Like walked in. I've never been to the Islington O2 Islington. It's one if you know London. It's one in the shopping mall, um, and it's like 
I walked into the room. I was like, "Fuck, this is oh tiny in comparison." I still get a good amount of people in there, but ooh. Um, as mentioned, review doors were quite late opening. Missed most of the first act. Uh, Scarlet Rebels did yeah. seem quite good though. Um, they two are songs good. I heard. Yeah, they are um, a good band. I'm, I'm sure I'll see them again down the line at yeah. another gig. Um, Escape the Fate, sort of like a screamo emo sort of band. Uh, not normally my bag, but really enjoyed them. Um, so yeah, I think most of the crowd were there to see them because quite a few people left after. Um, and then, but didn't mean it wasn't it, still good sized crowd for Fozzy. Um, but yeah, people very fond of Fozzy. Uh, Jericho's got the showmanship, but as I mentioned, review not so much for singing voice. Sounds a lot better <laughs> on record where you can sweeten things up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, good, good show. Um, nice, nice venue as well. Small but nice. I'm going there to see. Do you know who Scott Stapp is, Dave? This is musically probably not. No, I've got to admit, no. Do you remember the band Creed? Yes, I do. He's the singer from Creed, oh, and I'm going okay. to see him live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the yes. style, yeah. <laughs> An evening of my sacrifice. Like, yes, wrestling music. The wrestling fans, long-time wrestling fans will know what that means. Fucking wrestling music. Yeah. Can you take me <laughs> Like, yes, the warble. The post grunge warble, but yes, I'm seeing Scott Stapp there in February, which is going to be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, good venue, but mm. small. Yeah, um, I sort of stood near the back. Um, Dale went obviously down into the very front where the where the photographers go. Um, so yeah, that was um, cool to review that and yeah. uh, cool for Dale to uh, do some shooting. Yeah, that shooting. was that was his first uh, photo pit experience wasn't it yeah as well, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of like um wrestling shows and wrestling yeah. promos photos like whether that be indoors or like outdoor shoots and stuff like that but yeah no his first gig photography was yeah it was really that, cool because so. he, he tagged the podcast in on his instagram account yeah and, and saying that it was his first like proper in the pit experience and he yeah yeah he did he definitely did us proud mate he, he took some cracking photographs yeah too right too right and that's such uh, his Instagram is at Daniel Brody Creative. Mm, yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully you and him will be covering yes, many yes. more gigs in the future. Yes, definitely. Almost finished with gigs. Um, uh, a couple of days later, um, off to Brixton uh, with my friend Nayab to see Perturbator. <laughs> I've no idea, no idea who they are. There's a very heavy synth wave uh, okay. stuff, um, and they're supported by another very heavy sort of like. Some band called Health, all capitals. They've worked with um, Nine Inch Nails and some, yeah. I think Lamb of God. You know, there's a, there's a real metal. It was like the, it was a very metal crowd there. Yeah, um, yeah he- heavy, loud, good, good synthwave stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was fun. That was my last gig, actually. In fact, oh, okay. um, at the moment, um, unless I decide last minute to do something which come on this is me let's not rule that out um my next gig and my final gig of the year will be brian adams at the o2 oh there's something proper 80s related yes yeah full on i'm up in the um the top tier but i was just like i'm not paying any more than 50 quid for a ticket for this yeah. so um it will still be fun though the brian man um <laughs> i believe my final thing we're here at last 
is the Dark Side Festival, Dark Fest. Yeah, yeah. That um, Rob Bidsley and I went to uh, last Saturday. Um, this were it's like a, it's a fifth one. Um, it's like a sort of convention slash film festival combo. So it was at the Genesis Cinema in my land, which is a lovely cinema. I hadn't been there before. Really nice cinema. Um, so mm. you go in and they've got some downstairs screens and you go upstairs. Yeah. And I guess they've got like a restaurant area area. And that was where all the ex- exhibit- exhibitors tables were. Yeah. Um, like Blu-rays, shirts, um, drawings, all that sort of stuff. And then they had mm-hmm. like bit signing tables as well. And they were showing um, four classic horrors as well. Yeah. With... Um, with related guests um so those four films were it doesn't sound like i'm calling up a list um <laughs> amityville 2 um, uh-huh. uh and diane franklin was there obviously also known cool. for like bill and ted last yep. american virgin uh she was there did well, i mean i say she did an intro she basically was just like here's a film and then she was signing outside afterwards um uh, so Amityville two, yeah. And I, and I, has got Mickey in. No, not Mickey. He's got Paulie in it. Yeah. Um, playing basically poorly. Um, <laughs> and then there was Zombie Flesh Eaters. Ian McCulloch's there to do an intro. Oh, nice. Tombs of a Blind Dead. Um, good. Now, yeah, that had an intro from. I missed uh, the intro for this. Uh, Lone Fleming. Mm-hmm. Because. Um, me and Rob were chatting to Ian McCulloch outside about zombie flesh. Oh, that is so cool. That is I mean, if there's so any reason cool. to listen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was really cool. He was talking about all of that. And uh, yeah, just having a chat with him. He was really nice. We got a photo with him. Um, uh, the final film film was uh, Faceless. Yeah. Which I hadn't seen before. And Carolyn Monroe was there to do um, uh, an intro. So <sighs> um, and earlier in the e- evening, we met. obviously I met her a few years ago. Um, at one of the um, London Film and Comic Cons and met her again. Got a lovely photo of me with her and Rob. Um, yeah, she's lovely. Um, you've met her as well before, haven't you? Yes, I've met her as the sexy music plays in the background. Oh, that's what I was, I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> how oh, could, God. Okay, how could we not talk about Caroline Monroe without my OAP hot list music playing in the background? God, I thought you'd gone for a wank. Oh, my God. Well, I'm doing that as we talk oh, thought, now, actually. But. <laughs> I believe it's taken 10 years for you to knock one out of the podcast <laughs> while we record. Um, yeah, yeah, she's lovely. I mean, Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just yeah. She was talking about um, faceless because neither Rob and I had seen it before. Um, it's a Jess Franco film, and I don't think I've seen any Jess Franco films before. Um, wow, really? Are, oh my yeah, god, that I know of. They're a lot, aren't they? Oh, you've got a few to go <laughs> go through if you've never seen any, mate. Definitely. It's, god, this. It, it, it felt like it. Like it, it felt like it forgot it was a horror film yeah. a few times. It's yeah. just like, mate, do you want to focus? Yeah, yeah. If you need to fucking go and get laid or something, mate, just, just go, and do, <laughs> go and get it out of your system and then come back and make the horror film, will you? But uh, yeah, no, it was fun to watch with the crowd. Um, really good atmosphere to the whole whole day. Um, everyone was just having a lovely time. The 
the people who ran the festival, shocker, didn't make it about themselves. Really? Hey. Yeah, that's refreshing for a horror festival in London. Hmm. Um, just came on stage, introduced themselves at the end, said like, oh, yeah, thanks to so-and-so for running it. And they were giving a round of applause because it was a really well-run festival, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, back next year. Yeah, looking forward to it. Rob and I have said immediately, nice. yeah, yeah, we're going to make this an annual thing. Um, it was just a really nice day. So, um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I've only got one other thing. Um, we talked about the Quantum Leap reboot. Yes, uh, yeah. A couple of episodes ago. I it's still not it's just not on in the UK. Just fuck you. We're not showing it. <sighs> I mean, it's eight episodes in now, and there's a mid season break. It's been given another ten, which is really good. They've obviously it's it's obviously popular. Yeah. It's doing well in the ratings and they've got faith in it, so touch wood. That continues because I'm really enjoying it. Oh, it's a proper sequel. They're referencing the original. There's stuff going on. Like Scott Bakula said, he's not going to be in it. Yeah, and wishes everyone well. But I'm like, I can see him being in it. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know wow. if that's one of these things where they're like, oh, let's keep it under wraps. But yeah. like the way like it seems to go, it's just like, I think, I think he might end up in it. It'd be really cool. That would unfortunately be good. it's too yeah. late for. Dean Stockwell, but there has been one person from the original season series already in it. So uh, I've watched six episodes and I've just like found myself really getting into it. The main guy's likable, uh, the hologram who's who's his other half in the, in the shows. Like the cast are really likable. Um, Ernie Hudson's in it for you know, if, I know Dave, you just like old men in things. So Ernie Hudson's in it, <laughs> friend of a podcast, of course, friend of the podcast, um, definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just really enjoyable, and I'm surprised as anyone. Um, I was, you know, like Quantum Leap was a really important show when I was growing up. Yeah, like, yeah. Thursday nights on BBC Two, um, and uh, yeah, like I've watched the series so many times over again. I just love it, and for there actually to be a new one and me enjoying it, it's uh, it's definitely got the feel of um, the old shows. But there's also they go back to you know the people working at the project as well just as much so yeah. there's sort of he's doing the in the guys doing the individual leaps and they in tone feel very similar to uh, the original show but like there's also this plot thread running through the whole thing of like basically he's they don't know why he leapt the thing the, the thing the accelerator wasn't ready he did it without anyone knowing they don't know why he's doing it mm-hmm. he's got the swiss cheese memory um and they they're trying to figure out why he did it um Two, thing, two other things I really like before I stop going on about it is <laughs> he doesn't say oh boy and there's no theme music because you, you can't say oh boy that's got Bacula if they ever do bring him into it that will be the money shot yeah him saying oh boy yeah and the, mu- and the music for Quantum Leap so iconic oh god yeah it's literally the it's one of those shows where it's just like like the title comes up and then that's it it's like 10 seconds yeah not bother doing a theme tune i'm like good because what you can't top that exactly unless you just use it again so i mean even quantum leap tried to redo it and it failed when the the last season when they tried (laughs) to do the in the middle of it why improve on perfection so anyway yeah if it ever comes out in the uk i won't go into how i watched it but if it ever comes out in the uk i don't know if you're in the states and you haven't got around to it yet or anywhere else in the world that is actually showing it Mm. um yeah um give it a shot um you'll be pleasantly surprised i hope yeah it sounds good mate sounds good you know i I know tina was completely against it because she's like yeah she was huge huge quantum leap fan so uh maybe with the 
positive things you've said about it, she might be tempted yeah. to give it a go. I yeah, don't know. Give it a go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've only got two things left before we move on to our film chat. And yeah, I, I don't think our film chat is going to be anywhere near as long. So another one of those shows, I think, where our sort of uh, 80s related catch up, what we've been up to sections far outweighs the the, yeah. the movies. But, you know, I like to think we, we had some good stuff to say in this. And, it, you know, 80s related and, you know, so on. But there is always a point of this show where I have to press this button. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> Thankfully, mate, it's only one. It's only one. Uh, it's a name. It's a name I'm guessing that the majority of our listeners will go, okay, because it's James Winburn. Uh, he sadly passed away aged 85. He's uh, an actor director, stuntman, primarily a stuntman. And when I give you some uh, examples of the films he's worked on as a stuntman during the 1980s, you'll go, oh, okay, uh, let's begin with The Fog, The Stuntman, uh, TV as well, Magnum P.I., Escape from New York, The Fall Guy, Vice Squad, awesome movie from 1982, Tron, Knight Rider, uh oh my god i'm just scrolling through scarecrow and mrs king another great one pale rider i could go on and on the night stalker rat boy which was on last year's crapmas list <laughs> he was rat boy he was uncredited stunts on 1986's rat boy <laughs> which wow. is amazing yeah uh wicked stepmother glory he's 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 got 78 credits as a stuntman uh, and he sadly passed away like i said aged 85 uh but thankfully he's the only one on uh, that the grim reaper took since we last recorded that passed through my news feed anyway uh to finish off one of my favorite 80s bands and who are still going strong motley crew Mick Mars, retired, mate. He's retired, been replaced by John Five. Mick Mars, aged 71. In all honesty, mate, because, you know, of his health problems, I never thought I'd be sat here in 2022 announcing his retirement. I thought it would have been a long time ago. I'm so I glad. Mean, he looks like he died about 20 it years does. ago. It so. does. I mean, I remember watching him on the Girls, Girls, Girls tour and thinking, well, he's not going to last too much longer. And here we are a lot of years later and it's like, oh, he is, you know, he's such an amazing guitarist. And again, when you think of all the health problems he's gone to, gone through and how he's managed to get up on stage and still perform and he's such an amazing guitarist. And yeah, thank you, Mick. Well, well yes, that's all true. But they did announce that two days after they put tickets on sale for the UK Stadium Tour. Two days after they put tickets on, ah. and I'm just like, "That's fucking like." I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's just a deep sigh. Like, couldn't you announce that first so people could make a decision about whether they wanted to? Well, of course not. Money. Hmm. So um, I'm sure it'll be fine, unless you've seen recent videos of I... Neil singing, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is not good. 
I think it's they've actually, got a good replacement, though. I think John Five. Yeah, yeah, is a nothing good wrong with John Five, but yeah. I just think it was a bit dodgy. Them, like, yeah, fair point. Yeah, um, announcing the retirement of one of the founding members of a band two days after they put tickets on sale for a stadium tour. That's just me. <laughs> I don't know, mm. um, but I mean, I would for that stadium tour, I would check out YouTube and make some decisions based on. Yeah. Vince Neil singing was there was actually rumors like this won't happen. Vince Neil will sing with Motley Crue. They can't do that. But there was rumors of replacing him. Like it was just one of those stupid internet rumors that didn't mean anything. Right. If you keep when you you swipe too many times and you see those weird oh, fucking Google yeah. news articles, yeah. which all the clickbait weird shit. Yeah. Um. And the person they had in mind was, funnily enough, mentioned him a little while ago, Scott Stepp. Really? And I'm just like, well, that wouldn't work. Either. No. no but yeah i thought that was quite funny i was just like they won't replace vince neil no no matter no No. matter how like they'll just be like okay mate sort your voice out yeah yeah that yeah Um, that ain't gonna happen yeah but i thought that was a funny name for all the names got step out of creed oh my god no not the same no way i mean obviously yeah i mean probably more similar to john karabi who did the criminally underrated um, self-titled Motley Crue album in the mid '90s, mm. but nah, that wouldn't work. It wouldn't, and, Mac- and no. like, you know, like it, it would literally just be Mick Mars and Tommy Lee. Yeah, and you can't, you know, like I don't know what will happen to Motley Crue after the stadium tour if they'll carry on, but like it will be Vince Neil because yeah. you can't have two founding members go. So that's it. I think that's the, the, the bass player and the drummer left. Like no, one's yeah, <laughs> no, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be too good at all. I think I think it's one of the the few advantages of being an old twat is that, like I said, I got to see them on the Girls, Girls, Girls tour. And that was, yeah. everybody was on top form and it was an amazing show. Yeah, so. I mean, I saw them, what was it? I saw them at two downloads. I think the first one was 2007 and I know it's a lot later, but they were fucking brilliant. Yeah. And then I saw them at another download and they weren't quite as good. Mm. Um, that was, that was again, Vince Neil. Yeah. But no, the one they were good at, like, I was like, cool, you know, it was a bit later than everyone else, yeah. but I saw them do a really good set with the original lineup. I'm happy with that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I feel like I've just been moaning about a lot of things today, so. Oh, no. I, th- I think we've got a lot of uh, positive stuff out in this show, mate. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, so... I, I'm sure I can carry on moaning when we get to your movie pick, so. Yeah, yeah. We'll move, we'll move on to that then, and uh, yeah. Who's, who's first? I can't remember. It's it, well, it's the first time watch picks, so it's, me. Yay! So it's you. So what we'll do, and I don't have to say this because if we were, you know, I often mention if we were a professional podcast, I wouldn't mention this. But I'm going to go for a wee now. So and we'll leave all of you listening to the uh, the trailer for Tom's first time watch pick. The syndicate wanted the town, the people, and the land. It seemed so easy. We're asking you for help. But they didn't count on the courage of one man. Is that your motor over there? Yeah, I thought so. Who dared to fight back. I think you need a change of scenery. Not till I'm finished here. No, you're finished here. You're just too thick to know it. I need one more service. Make me an offer. You can't take them on, Mark. Not by yourself. This is far more powerful than this. 
At least it used to be. Pierce Brosnan is Taffin. You're dead. He didn't get mad. He got even. Okay, as you've just heard, my movie pick was Taffin. Mm. Which is a film Pierce Bosnan was in before he was James Bond. Yeah. Um, it it was released in February of 1988 based on the book Taffin by Lyndon Mallet. Um, in the book, Taffin is overweight and ugly. Um, oh. In the film, he's obviously quite the hunk, played by... Uh, <laughs> I mean, not not really a young Pierce Brosnan, um, hmm. just Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, uh, also he, stars. Is he so mid mid thirties? I'd say so. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's um, he was born in nineteen fifty three. So yeah, bang on mid thirties, thirty five. Hmm. Good guess. Um, hmm. uh, Ray McNally, Alison Doody, Jeremy Childs uh, is already in it. It's a very Irish film, a very Irish cast. It's a bit like. Someone on Letterbox likened it to a bit like Roadhouse for Irish. <laughs> That's such a great comparison, yeah. It's basically, it's probably best known for a viral YouTube clip of Pierce Brosnan just delivering a line with such, I don't know. The line is, well, maybe you shouldn't be living here. Uh, <laughs> it, re- it reminded me, for anybody that's familiar with the film... Oh, is it pieces where she goes, bastard, yeah. bastard. And that's, all... the, um, that's the best way you can put it, really. Like, yeah. Go on YouTube and search a taffin, and it'll be like it's a 10-second clip. <laughs> it's hard to re- replicate like how he he delivers the line. But there's a, there's a few, to be honest, mate, there's a few good shouty lines in this film. He delivers the classic one, but there's at least two others that me and Tina were pissing ourselves laughing because... Yeah, there's some good swearing in it as well. It's yeah. just like that sort of, like, for an action film, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like the, the accent as well adds to it, I think. Yeah. Um, funnily, as the credits start, uh, one of the people who did, did the music for this film, did you notice one of the uh, people who did the score? I did. It was Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. I mean, there's literally action scenes in this film with, the, like, like Irish jig music. <laughs> Uh, so um, I don't know if he there's another guy called Stanley Myers did the score as well but uh, quite funny seeing Hans Zimmer's name in the film yeah it's funny because me and Tina watched a film oh god um, only a few days ago actually and I think it was the film I'm just looking on Letterboxd now I think it was Nightmare at Noon um, also from 1988 and if I remember rightly yeah it is so Nightmare at Noon, 1988, uh, review still to go on the website as we, we record this. Hans Zimmer did the uh, yeah did the yeah, music the for that as well. as well. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that's a really che- that's a Nico Masterakis film, a really cheap one with Wings Hauser, and he he did that too. So, but then he sort of took off after that. It wasn't it was yeah. literally the next year, Rain Man, and then Black Rain, Driving Miss Daisy, and then wow. Know, off to the races, but yeah, we all have to start. So, well, I mean, he didn't even start there, but yeah, Taffin. <laughs> Taffin. <laughs> I like that within five minutes, somebody calls him Tiffin. 
You'd have that's what to, you think of. You think of uh, that's amazing when you see the name. It's just like you just think of Tiffins. Yeah. Um, I think I so, mentioned yeah. it in last month's show, didn't I? With Tiffin, it's one of the Carry On films, and they go, "Oh yeah, it's time for Tiffin." Every time I hear Taffin, you, you will think of Tiffin. Yeah. Um, so basically, he's just this town hardened nut. Um, I mean, the god, the, the tagline of a film of a poster is, "He didn't get mad; he got even." Like for God's sake. Oh. So basically, to give it the letterboxed synopsis, when a small Irish town is terrorised by a corrupt business syndicate, a lone hero wages an all-out war. So, bit sound it does sound like Roadhouse a little bit, doesn't it? A pub. Yeah. A pub. yeah there I is guess... a pub, but he doesn't work in it. Yeah, I guess it does. And it's... Um... Oh, I'm just looking now. It's a 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd, and it's a 5.6 uh, on, yeah. on IMDb. Obviously, Letterboxd is out of 5. Uh, IMDb is out of 10. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's fair. I yeah. Think it's fair. I mean, yeah. it's crap. It's absolute crap. But again, not to make another reference to somebody else's review on Letterboxd, someone likened it to if Alan Partridge wrote an action film. <laughs> I think that's very. Yeah, I think that's the best way to sum it up. It's like it has all the like all the beats of an action film. Alison Doody is the um the barmaid who falls in love with him. There's the the the, dodgy, the English of a dodgy one. You know, there's some horrible English characters because we are horrible one English. Hmm. Um, and um, and also like it's incredibly Irish, um, to the point. Where did you notice there's a? I say it's a strip club. I think it was just the same pub, but they had it's a pub. Yeah, it's artists on. It is. It's a pub that's yeah, yeah. We'll hire some strippers to you know. Yeah. Did you know? Did you recognise the MC? Well, honestly, before we give that away, did you recognise the owner of the pub, the barman? No, what that one who was handsy. Because they are both in the same TV show. Because really? Tina recognised him. Who's? Go on. You'd better. You'd better say. You say your bit first. Go on. Well, well, the the, the, the MC of the strip club was fucking Dermot Morgan, Father Ted. So yeah. I was just like, oh, this is that. So no, I know who you mean with the the barman. Was he, he was one that was groping um, uh, Alice Doody's character Charlotte at the start? Yeah. Um, well, he's the one that. Um, Tina said, because I'm not as well in, into Father Ted as she is, so I didn't recognise him, but she said he... Oh, my God, and the names escaped me. He's... Shit, was it... Was it Father Jack? What, feck us? I think it could have been him that was... Frank Kelly. He, he owned the... He was the barman. Was he? I didn't. I mean, God, he's so old. But he was. Like... He was a lot. I'm not sure. It was somebody. Tina said it was. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hell, so yeah. it was because she then because she said, "What are the chances? What is a coincidence like that? Two people from Father Ted are in Taffin. That just goes to show it's a very limited." Amount of actors from Ireland yeah, that you can pick pool. from. I have no you're... idea that was him. I mean. Yeah, he was so. I mean, obviously, he was older for Father Ted. Yeah, and they made him look even older than that. You yeah, know, they made him up to look oh, even yeah. older. Yeah. So, and his hair was all over the place, shit like that. Yeah, no, so wow, a like, two of them. A double dose of Father Ted, mate. 
But yeah, I, 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 I just seeing Father Ted, it's like, fucking hell, this couldn't even get any more Irish. Here's Father Ted. And that was such a seedy scene in that pub with those strippers. It was like, this, is, yeah, was this like, isn't sex. Sad. This isn't sexy. No, it was, yeah, it was like, that was the word, sad. It was like, sad, oh. Sad, seedy. Yeah, it was yeah. just seedy and sad. Yeah. Just like, oh, you just felt bad. Oh, dear. <laughs> So the film just, I mean, it hits all the usual, you know, action movie beats. He gets one up on them. They beat him up a bit, you know, back and forth. Um, he, you know, he's got his shirt open most of the time. Hmm. What, what what takeaways have you got from this, Dave? Yeah, well, I'd never even heard of it, mate. I, you know, I'd got no idea what I was going into. And um, so, yeah, like you say, you know, Pierce Brosnan is taffing. Um and he's the guy that's born, grown up in this Irish village, and he makes his living just solving people's problems, really, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he, ta- he takes money and he'll do whatever it takes to solve people's problems. And then these big money developers from London want to um, buy land there specifically. It's a sports field, uh, and and build this like chemical plant there or something, and the the townsfolk the village folk go oh no we don't want that to happen let's hire taffin let's get him to sort this out and he does in his own way but there's twists and turns in the stories and there's nothing there's nothing really surprising about it uh i i enjoyed it and i think the main reason that i enjoyed it was pierce brosnan i found it yeah i found him really good in it i found him very watchable uh, I didn't think of James Bond once when he was in it, no, to be honest with you, at all. Um, and I thought, he, yeah, he. I think if this film had maybe anybody else as the character of Taffin in it, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. I think he was that important to the role. Really? That, yeah, okay. yeah. That he he sort of engaged me with it and, and took me through the entire film. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's not great, like you say. There's some weird bits in it, and he lives like in this. I think it's like at the, the top of this barn that he rents from somewhere, and he brings this girl back to his room, and he's got his bed. He's got his double bed, and then hey, well, well, that's a, that's an actually, you know, in the barn, roadhouse, you know, ex- roadhouse, roadhouse, yeah, roadhouse. I mean, it was above a barn, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, there are similarities, that's for sure. You know, topless scenes, all of this fighting. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to go there. Hunk. Yeah, Hunk, yes. Uh, and he is in this. There's no denying that. But, but... I mean, and instead of instead of Sam Elliott, you've got his ugly brother. <laughs> you know, that's a bit of a stretch now. Yeah. But, but they beat him up. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's true. They both get beaten up. Did, but... Are they piss on his mate as well? Oh, mate. I mean, that didn't happen in Roadhouse. No one got pissed on in Roadhouse. But... I mean, that is a scene in this where they go to the pub. And, yeah, I mean, there's a few things. There's... First of all, I'm sure Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse above his the head of his bed didn't have like a huge poster size. Well, it was a poster, hence why it was poster size, of um, Alex the, Hur- the Hurricane Higgins snooker player <laughs> signed, personally signed. And that looked real. That looked like it was a real personally signed Alex Higgins poster on the wall. And I think it said it was something like Alex the Hurricane Higgins, world champion, nineteen eighty two, and that looked like a proper piece of eighties memorabilia that was used as you know 
set dressing, which were I was quite impressed with. Um, but it was like, okay, so Alex Higgins is Irish, but would you have that above your bed? Would that would that help you in bed? You go, oh yeah, let's get a bit sexy. Oh, let me let me just look at the hurricane, and that <laughs> that'll inspire me even more. It was a bit weird. Uh, oh, and then oh my god, I've forgotten what you just said. There was another thing. What was it you just said? Because it was piss. Was it piss? Oh god, yeah, the scene in the toilets with um, that's yeah, a, the... yeah, that's another thing I liked about it. The bad guys in it did their job. They did a job competently because they did annoy me. Uh, I did find them annoying and I wanted them beat up. And the scene where they go into the pub and there's the guys, you know, just having a pee, as you do in a British pub. And they come in and then one of the bad guys just like pisses all over his leg. And I was like, I hope you really fuck him up now because that, that annoyed me. So that was good. You know, that was good. I was getting into it. The characters and the situations that were in brought me into it. But I mean... But it is it is low budget and a bit cheesy though, isn't it? I mean, low budget and low stakes, man. Like it's a it's sports like, field. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first half of a film until it moves on, the plot moves on. It's just like, oh yeah, Taffin has to save the local playing field. I'm like, what? Yeah. There's, there's kids playing football on there. That's what it's all about. We can't. I mean, I mean that. I mean, we can't God, disappoint the kids. That that is Alan Partridge level stakes. <laughs> like the local playing field, and then. They managed to save it. Spoilers, they save a local playing field. Yeah. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this and talking about a film. Um, <laughs> and then they're going to build a plan next to it. Um, oh. And they'll, they'll, they'll have a different entrance. They'll, they'll, I think it was literally they're going to put the car park somewhere else. That was it. That was it. They got, the big thing was, oh, you've got two choices. You can either you can either do this in the sports field or you can go there and the car park can be there. And it was like... <laughs> This is what they're playing for in this film. Yeah, so yeah, the, the stakes are low. Um, yeah, it's yeah. God, it's so low. <laughs> when they start banging, oh man, when they start banging on about the school playing field, or not the school playing field, like the football playing fields, it's like, what? Wait, what is this? What the film's going to be about? So technically, yeah. it wasn't, but uh, <laughs> it did make me laugh a lot. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, low budget, low stakes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could share your. I mean, we'll never know. Like someone else in the role, you know, someone mid thirties in the late eighties, with, with things are different. And Timothy Dalton did it. I could see Dalton doing it. You know, mm. I mean, obviously, I Brosnan. Brosnan yeah. was going to be Bond earlier. Um, but I can see in this though. I can see where people would watch this and go, you know what? There is something about him where he could be James Bond. I like to think the producers of Bond, the Broccoli's and all of that, watched the maybe you shouldn't be living here scene and were like, yes, <laughs> Bond. If you're going to watch anything from this film, search for that on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's on there. It's on. I watched it again earlier. It's on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like, I love that it, he got, he ended up as Bond. It's like, I yeah. mean, I know it's one line in one film, but I'm just like, I like to think they're like, yes. We, we, we choose him. Imagine if he did the line, the name is Bond, James Bond, in the style of that line. Hey, bro. <laughs> God. That would be so funny. But it is, I mean, there's violence, you know, there's fighting in it and there's there's some violence in it. 
but there isn't, doesn't go, there isn't he, at the same time. It's not a violent film, is it? And it's no, no. I was going to say he doesn't like. I, I, sorry to keep comparing it to Roadhouse, but it doesn't get to Roadhouse levels. No, of, no. Like, like no one's throat gets ripped out or anything like no. that. It doesn't get as like his his big revenge isn't as the payoff isn't what you'd probably no think it would be like. But again. You're talking about a fucking car park and a playing field, so maybe that's, yeah, that's what you're playing is, for. Yeah, uh, it is a proportional amount of payback. So it is, and we're going to rip someone's throat out over a fucking car park. <laughs> yes, right? and it's another, it's another of those films where it goes, oh, okay, bloody blah, bloody blah, blah, it goes on, goes on, goes on, and then end. I yeah. think the ending of it was so sudden; it builds up to something, and we're not going to give it away because I'm hoping some people might want to watch it, uh, because there are reasons to watch it. But yeah. it, it gets to that end scene, and then something happens, and credits. And you're thinking, oh, okay, wasn't expecting the credits to roll so quickly. I thought there might be at least another <laughs> two or three minutes here, but no, there wasn't. No, yeah. no. But, um, I mean, I was about to jump ahead and say whether I'd recommend it, but... Uh... It's on, um, what was it called? What did we watch it on, Dave? Freevee. 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 You mentioned Amazon. it earlier as well. Did yeah. you have any ads? You know what, mate? We had, I I count with them, we had seven ads. Seven? Seven. Uh, and they were mostly like it, it would come on and it would say 45 seconds to go. And I would say out of the seven ads, four of them were exactly the same. Really? I didn't have yeah. any ads at all. And oh I've watched stuff on there. I think, I think I watched Fire in the Sky, uh, the alien abduction film, yeah. um, last on there. And I had two or three ads. I can't remember how long they were. I mean, that's just when I looked at my phone. I was like, well, I'll just watch, look at my phone, check my phone when the ads are on, and then when it starts again. Yeah, we had quite wow. a few. And yeah, the thing I mean, is... It sounds like you got yours and mine. So. I think I did. We definitely got both. <laughs> Enough for both of us. And the thing is, they do appear at the most weird times. You know, sometimes it could be like halfway through a sentence. Actually, um, every single time the adverts appeared, they would go like, bloody, bloody, blah, advert. And then it would come on and, and without fail, there would be a half a second of the of the of that scene that it cut into before it cut to the next scene. Yeah. And I would keep thinking, why didn't you put these adverts in half a second later so it'd be at least a little bit more of a less jarring um, edit? It must be at random. Like, I don't think they, like, I mean, I guess, you know, back in the day, they, or maybe they still do. I don't really watch TV much. Like, they put adverts in at certain places. Yeah. So, so the flow isn't interrupted. I can't see Freevee. They just get old loads. They've got loads mm. and loads and loads of old films and TV shows. I can't see them employing someone to. They just, I guess they just put it in. Just Although it would have been time. amazing if it was. It was halfway through here, and maybe you should be living here, <laughs> where they put the ad in, <laughs> and it feels like you know there's a full advert break, and he's still doing the line. He's still shouting. <laughs> That would be amazing. But, you know, fair play. It is, you know, it's a decent way to watch films for free. Put up with a few adverts. Yeah, so, and um, it yeah. looked great. It did. Yeah, picture quality was really yeah. good. So can't complain about that. Uh, but, yeah, as far as, you know, was it worth a first-time watch? Uh, yeah, I'd say it was. I'm glad 
you recommended it, and yeah, yeah I did, I did enjoy it, again, it. Down the line at some at some point. Like yeah, it. yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And again, it's all down to Pierce Brosnan, and there's some funny bits in it and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you hadn't picked it for this show, I'd have never watched it, mate. So I'm glad you did. Right. Shall we move on to my rewatch pick? <laughs> yes. Let's see if this was watch. Uh, this, this, bleh, if this was worth a rewatch. Now dark in here, so I'm gonna have to use a flash. It's gonna be a big burst of light. But don't let it upset you. Just relax, sit back, and say, "Gee." <laughs> Times Square Freak Twins? Yeah. Mm, they're born Siamese twins. And they get cut apart, kill some doctors, and vanish from the hospital. Delilah? Wayne! They'll come looking for us and find all of them. Exactly. I can't let that happen. Well, I found them. So what will you do? Whatever I have to. No, 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 no. Basket case two. That's no way for a reporter to behave. He wants to grant you an interview. A personal interview. His very first. He's all excited. This time, he's not alone. That was the trailer to Basket Case 2, released in 1990. The sequel, of course to 1982's Basket Case, which was Tom's rewatch pick in the last show that we did. Uh, right, Basket Case had a budget of $35,000. Basket mm-hmm. Case 2 had a budget of $2.5 million. Oh. Bit of a difference, mate. Bit of a difference there. Uh, this was released in, like I said, 1990, eight years after the first one. I would say on, on re-watching this, not for the first time, this is more of an 80s movie than 1982's Basket Case is. Yeah. You know, when you watch it, you go, yo, fuck me. Yeah, this, it, this is an 80s movie. Whereas Basket Case, I know it's like early 80s with 82. It's... You know, you could even think of it as a 70s movie. Basket Case, as we talked about again in the last um, episode, so sleazy, so sleazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 1982, and... like the 80s hasn't really... You know, exactly, like, yeah. ...fully it's... take hold yeah. of everything we know about the 80s. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, you know, $35,000 film made in 82, 80s hasn't taken over. It's like, oh, it's just dirty and gritty and sleazy, and that's what it's all about. This, with a far bigger budget... And at the arse end of the 80s, you know, we're into 1990. Well, when it was released, I presume it was made in... Because uh, it was released on March the 2nd, 1990. So it was made 
In oh, like, yeah, made, yeah, yeah. made in 1989. Yeah, yeah. yeah, hence why it looks like a proper 80s film. Um, that's the difference between them. It's a lot more, you know, there's more, oh, as with the 80s stuff, it's, it's, the humour is a lot heavier in it. Mm. Um, it carries on directly from the first one. You know, it ended, the first one ended with like Dwayne and Belial falling from the apartment. So this begins, they're taken to the hospital. They've survived that fall. Um, but of course the fall has, has given a lot of media attention, you know, with the TV and radio, etc. cetera. Uh, they can't lead the secret life that they wanted to leave anymore. So they're rescued from the hospital by Granny Ruth, who has a house has a house filled with lots of other people, just like them, all deformed and all brilliantly displayed in practical makeup. Again, yay, lots of practical yeah. effects, which is now they, I mean, I'm not I haven't got too many good things to say about this film, but they look incredible. And yeah. They still look incredible. They do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, so good. And they all are, and I'm sure you'll get into each, you know, maybe not each one, but they're all individual characters yeah. and their own thing going on and they're all completely different from each other yeah so yeah top marks for that really good yeah it is that's that's one of the real good pluses about this film is each of the um individuals in this film are you know so different like you said and they, they look different they've got their own characters and and so on uh so granny ruth brings uh Dwayne and belial into her house uh, where all of you know all of them are, and her granddaughter Susan. Um, mm. But amongst amongst these individuals is Eve, who is very similar to Belial, but obviously female. Uh, mm. She's just you know she's got no body, she's deformed. She is a female Belial, um, <laughs> which leads to obviously you know it's going to happen as soon as you see her that her and Belial are going to get together. They form a relationship mm. uh, and end up having a bit of a wild sex scene, really, don't they? Yeah, right near the end. Yeah, which is, I think that's about as sleazy as this one gets. Is that yeah. se- is that sex scene, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, well, basically, my main thing about this film is like it doesn't have any of the charm, the sleazy charm of <laughs> the original, and it's really just it's not especially violent or mm. gory and it's only that sex scene at the end that's just like you've got oh this is sort of like Frank Hen a lot of <laughs> sleaze factor comes into it yeah and yeah it just feels like a basket case film like it felt like the first it wouldn't have felt out of pl- place in the first one they're just being a Belial and Eve sex scene but yeah it was I just thought it was all a bit too glossy and I mean, yeah, you'd, like you said, it was just a very 80s feeling film. But, it was, yeah. I think and the th- comedy as well. Yeah. So. I think the majority of the budget went on just creating the characters and, and, yeah. and you know, the prosthetics involved in numerous, you know, individuals with all different deformities and creating them. And that's what mm. it went on. Um, yeah, I mean, because it yeah. looks, I mean, it looks so much different, doesn't it? You know, the picture immediately quality. the moment. I mean, obviously, like we watched, I'm assuming you watched it on um, Prime as well. Yes. Um, watching on Prime, it was just like, 
wow and i mean if you watch it on blu-ray if you oh god even if you probably watch on dvd you'd be like it's just night and day with yeah like i didn't realize it was the budget was that much but uh, (laughs) Like, how the fuck did he get the money for that? Oh, you remember that film I made about the thing in a basket eight years ago? <laughs> Two and a half million dollars, please, so I can make a sequel. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You could get anything made back then, couldn't you? I mean, imagine going from a budget of 35000 to two and a half million. I thought maybe, like, I didn't think too much about figures, but I would have, I would have thought, oh, you know, 500000 maybe. Two and mm. a half million. <laughs> My God. I mean, it looks great, but I mean, again, it's just night and day for that sort of almost like guerrilla filmmaking yeah. feel, you know, on the streets of New York. Probably didn't have permission to shoot half of that stuff. Yeah. Not in a hotel room, you know. I mean, it, even, especially when they, this in Basket Coast 2, there's a few flashback scenes to the first one. Yeah. It's just like, wow, fucking hell. That looks so. <laughs> it does. You can really see the difference, can't you? Yeah, you really can. Yeah. And of course, as is you know, the norm in a lot of 80s films, there's a reporter. It's a female reporter this time and her photographer. And they've been looking for Dwayne and Belial and they're investigating and they find the house that they're hooked up in and they want to expose them and, you know, bring it all to light. And of course, again, things go tits up. There's love interests with both Belial and Dwayne. Um, as we mentioned, you know, just a few minutes ago, Belial has, you know, a sex scene. Um, Dwayne finds love. That doesn't go right either. Uh, and it all ends not in a great way as well. No, I mean, I liked the ending in as much spoilers, um, in as much like he stitches Belial back on. They're him. back together again, aren't they? After yeah, two films, so, um, they're back together. I mean, it's almost like it was just like in the last. 15 minutes they're like oh yeah let's just throw in a lot of stuff that you know would have been from the first yeah first film where it's just been i'm calling it glossy it wasn't like <laughs> compared, but, you know like compared to the first one it's glossy. yeah it you know it was like like you say it went it went on the humor a bit too much it was just like not particularly gory um especially compared to the first one mm. um it didn't have a charm of the first one, and then it just got a bit, you know, sleazy near the end, right yeah. near the very end. So, yeah, it was disappointing for me. Um, I mean, I've seen it before, um, yeah. and I remember, I think it's a third one, which I've already asked you not to choose. <laughs> um, a third one where I think it, there's like, it ended up being like a fucking musical number and shit like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, all I, mean, I can remember about the third one is that they were all on a bus somewhere. Yes, that's where the song happens. I yeah. Think. I mean... Don't choose it. <laughs> Don't choose it. Please. <laughs> Sit for an hour, hour and a half of that. But uh, I mean, I know it's, this is all my fault because I chose the original. But um, yeah, I mean, but anyway, you got more out of it than I did because um, yeah. you gave it three stars on that. But Stina gave it four. So we've she got, gave uh, it four. Yeah. Two, three, four there. So um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. This is all def- the stuff I've mentioned. What do you what do you think about? Because obviously my thing is just not just lacking the charm of the first one what do you think of that no I, I agree with you mate yeah it's it's weird really because um before these rewatches of these films my memories of them are i preferred the second one more than the first really yeah but then re-watching them and looking at the letterbox scores i gave 
I prefer the first one more than the second one now. I like that sleazy, dirty, gritty, 1982, low-budget film more than this one. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, I preferred this one. So re-watching them now, I go, no, I like I like the first one. Well, maybe, Dave, that, you should watch the third one, but... Yeah, I I am <laughs> I am gonna watch the third one. I won't pick it for us, but I am I've got to watch the third one now. Um, and it's weird because Tina, like you said, Tina, uh, you know, gave this four stars. She'd never seen the second one. She'd seen the first one a few times. Oh, really? She'd never seen the, the second one. I mean, I guess one. it all comes down to like taste. Sometimes, like yeah. a lot of people would prefer and when you something watch a bit as well, with a bigger budget. And, yeah. You know, like I mean, like, like I said, the the the, the people in like Belial's people, that gang amazing looking like those oh, creature god, effects yeah. my god yeah. it must have taken the effort and uh, just incredible and you know a lot of people would just prefer that just for you know the budget the more to do but um yeah i guess i prefer the sort of sleazy i keep saying sleazy but you know the sort of the lower budget mm. i mean there's just charm to it you know and frank henlot is great and like i'm not saying he's this is badly directed or anything but it just didn't really feel like something he one of his films until near the end yeah because he's, you know, he's got, you know, this sort of director he is. So, mm. and the third one's made just one year later than this. 91. Yeah, I thought they, were, I thought they were back to back. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, like I said, well, I'll... you could, you could report back on it. I I'll let you do. tell me about it. <laughs> I will do. I'm sure by the time we record in January, I'd have watched the third one by now. Yeah, I'm sure intri- Tina will be pleased when you wheel that out on Christmas well, yeah. Day. Well, yeah, it's a Christmas Day film. Oh my god, <laughs> it will actually. It would be interesting though to. To hear what she thinks of the third one. Yeah, definitely. Because that will be a first time watch for her as well. So, you know, watching it now, ooh, what do you think of this? So that would be, yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. But for me, at least, it was, yeah, it was worth it. A rewatch, and I would probably at some point in the future watch it again. I think the only reason I would watch it again is if I was going through the whole basket case trilogy i wouldn't go oh basket case two i'll watch that yeah yeah a bit of a weird one to pluck out of nowhere wouldn't it so, yeah i mean do. i remember not minding the trilogy but when i'd go back and i don't know like i'm not for a long time i don't think even the first one which i liked I, I, you know i've watched it again maybe hmm. five or ten years i'll watch it again but i think not not in a great rush to watch it like obviously not even that fussed about watching the uh the um third one so yeah i think i've i've, I've had enough belial <laughs> right like you said mate i will report back on uh please the, do yeah the third one in general i mean hopefully. maybe if you maybe if you and tina love it maybe i'll be like oh shit maybe i will watch it mm, yeah we'll see or maybe we'll record in january and i'll be going oh my god that was a load of bollocks number three it ruined my christmas yeah <laughs> So we watched it Christmas night on your recommendation, Tom, and that was yeah. It. I started all of you this. You ruined Christmas for us. <laughs> uh, right then, we will be back in just a minute with the next episode's picks. And I lied because we're not going to tell them. Because, like I said, we're not going to record in December. 
the next show that we record will be in January. I don't know what I'm going. To, I don't know what I want to watch in two months. I don't even exactly. know what I want to watch after we record this. There might be new stuff coming out that's eighties related between now and then. So we're not going to we're not going to pick it now, are yeah, we? I mean, like, like legitimately, don't know what to watch in five minutes. Like, let alone two months. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we'll surprise each other and you. When we come back in January. And am I right in saying, correct me if I'm we are just choosing a film each, whether it's watch or rewatch, we're just choosing a film. Yeah, I mean, we talked about For this. For once. Off, yeah, we, we talked about this off air, didn't we? And I think, I mean, this could be like a regular January thing going forward. Yeah. That we start we start the year, we just, we just pick an 80s or even 80s related film each yeah, yeah. that we know is good. We know, we you know, we know it's yeah. That's a good one. Or we will get some fun out of. Oh, or we'll get some. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so then, um, yeah, it starts like I think you said starts a year off well. Yeah, um, and then because rather than first episode of year, three minutes of like we don't want to talk about this. It yeah. was fucking dreadful. It I'm was sure. <laughs> it was sixty three minutes long, but it felt like three hours. Yeah, you know? I'm sure regular listeners know that over the years that me and Tom have been doing these shows, we've watched some shite. So yeah, and yeah. sometimes some shite you just can't talk about for long because it's just exactly so boring. I, yeah. So yeah, no, if we we go for a a known commodity, yeah, um, we'll th- be just start the year. Then we'll then we'll go back to the usual. Yeah, shite. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a good thing going forward, mate. That our January show, we know we've got something decent to talk about. So uh, yeah, we will surprise each other and the listeners come January with whatever we've picked. So, uh, and then we'll go back to usual and it will be February will be my first time watch pick. Yes. In the February yes, show. So yeah. We'll, so my we'll rewatch. Ca- cool. Yeah. We'll carry on from there. So, yeah. And I'm sure it'll get increasingly harder for me to find a first time. Although Taffin. Yeah. I've, oh yeah. That was, yeah, a, yeah that was, um, that was, that'd been on my radar for a little while Taffin. So um, there's always stuff, mate. There's always stuff out there. Definitely. Mm. Right, let's wrap this one up. Like we said, this is the uh, the last ever Decade of Decadence show for 2022. You can't do it twice. <laughs> you never know. People might have skipped forward at the beginning. You don't know people's listening habits. They might have done. The bastards. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> so again, 60mw.co.uk, numerical 60, not al- alphabetical. That's the website. Everything we do is on there. The podcast, the news, the reviews, everything. Bookmark it. Have a look around. Uh, at 60MW Podcast is us on Twitter. That's our main social media outlet. Uh, that will keep you up to date with everything that we do. Lots of giveaways on there. Uh, time of recording again between now. Oh, mate. Between now, again, 25th of November and the 16th of December when I close up for the year, you would not believe the amount of stuff I've got to give away. Oh, my God. There's, there's box sets that are worth £100. Going to give away two of those. Um, there's another box set that's worth about 80 quid. There's Blu-rays. of. St- I've got a lot to give away in these next You're few like weeks. you like Santa. I am. I am even down to the even down to the white beard and being just as old. So <laughs> yeah, follow us on at sixty MW podcast uh, for giveaways, news reviews, and you know keep up to date with what we do. Um, maybe just maybe by the next time we record, Twitter won't exist. Who knows? Who knows? It might have I blown mean, up. 
It probably will, but whether we'll want to stay on it. That's the thing. I will. Actually, that's a good point, mate. If if you do want to get... Who knows what's going to happen with Twitter? Holy shit. Um, our YouTube channel, 60MW Podcast. Follow us on there. Please do. There's an Instagram as well, isn't there? Yeah, but with the, with the YouTube, not only... Uh, you know, whenever I do an interview show, some of them do it on video, and if they agree, yeah. I put them on there. Uh, I put an unboxing video of the um, Zavi Collector's Edition of First Blood on there, which is getting quite a few views. Uh, this week I've recorded um, Scale Extric sent us 80s related. Looking forward to that. Looking eight, forward to watching that. 80s related. Uh, their new set which is Back to the Future versus Knight Rider. Oh, my God. Yeah, can't wait to see that. So I spent a couple of days with my students filming some stuff for that. So that will hopefully be on this weekend. That'll be on there. But we have now got a new community tab on our uh, YouTube channel. So if if anything does happen to Twitter, I think that might be the main way we'll get to keep news and communicate with you know people that listen to us. Um, so I've started putting posts on there, just one for now. So if you don't follow us on YouTube, go to 60MW Podcast, subscribe to us, keep an eye on the uh, community tab. Yeah, there's videos and stuff will be on there, just just in case Twitter implodes. Who knows? Um, but while Twitter exists, mate, how can they follow you on there? Um, well, I... <laughs> Well, I think I'm going to stay on there. I know a lot of people are dropping off at the moment yeah. um, with everything that's going on on there. But, I mean, I just use it. I mean, I don't tweet much, mm, yeah. but I just use it to – it's probably my most used social media app just for, like, news and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Un- until a point where that gets tricky, I'll – yeah, I'm at, at Tom Downey, again, T-H-O-M. Um, I don't tweet much, but um, Instagram is probably the best. Also, yeah. I'm on Tom D-U-K, T-H-O-M-D-U-K. Um that's a lot of posts of everything I do yeah. in London, um, all the gigs and shit like that. Uh, the stories, all my letterboxed links for films I'm watching. Ooh. So that's probably. I will mention quickly, mate, as well. As we record, I had uh, I had an email today from Letterboxed that their Black Friday deal yeah. is on, and I think I'm going to release this show on Monday the. 28th of november and i think this offer goes on until the 30th i'm trying to get chris howard on it as well oh i think there's 20 percent letterbox are saying i'm just gonna try and bring up my emails now uh shit 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 i think it's 20 percent off it's something like that yeah the pro plan and patron yeah and it's well worth if you're not on letterbox then you're into movies it is well worth yeah game. you bought I mean, if you like all the stats and stuff, pro or Patreon. I mean, I just went up to Patreon, as um, you might know, Dave, recently, about a month ago. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when my renewal date hits, uh, I mean, at the time, I only had to pay about $2 extra for Patreon because my year was already up. But I'm just I'm just shy of a Black Friday because the first Ooh. year I went pro was on Black Friday. And obviously, yeah, it's um, it gets earlier every year. So I don't mind. It's I think it was like 35 worth, quid for Patreon. Yeah. Um, Even full price, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's like 20 quid for Pro. It's just so worth it. So a year, uh, you just get so much out of it. It's yeah. 60, and you're on there, so all the 
at social media as well. So um Exactly, yeah. And if you go to our website, 60mw.co.uk, numerical, 60, not alphabetical. If you go to the Meet the Team page, uh, most of us are on Letterboxd, yeah. and our Letterboxd names are on there, and you can follow us on there as well. So um, Yeah, it's it's my favourite app. Long may it continue. It's oh, God, yeah. It's my, and you got me into it, so and I couldn't yeah, can do without it now. That's yeah, the thing. as I yeah. said. Oh, I may I may quote that when I'm messaging Chris Howard. I think I'm probably going going too hard sell with it, and he'll probably not do it. But I'd love to see him on there. He, yeah. he loves. He's a a movie nerd. He likes lot. Sorry, Chris. You are. I am. Um, he loves logging stuff. It's stats. just. I just want to see oh, as many. Yeah, stats. the stats. I just want to see as many people on there as possible, and just yeah. to see what they're watching and chat about it. It's great. Yeah, so. it's it's great because you watch a film and people can comment on it. And I've discovered so many more amazing films that i would never have heard of mm. if it wasn't for letterboxd so the yeah. more the more of you out there that we can get on there and following us and you know conversing with us and recommending us films as well as you know us recommending you films it'd be great so yeah take advantage of it while you get there's even the free one you know if you want to join in it's free as yeah, well yeah that, a little that, taster you know, yeah yeah you, you know you know have a year for free give it a taste and you know follow us and see what you think be good yeah hmm Right, until January, mate, until 2023, me and you shall uh, take a little break. Yes. yes, so it's time for me to say goodbye for the final time. <laughs> this year. Uh, this Bye. year, this year, yes, and I shall say goodbye. goodbye. And we will be back and talking about awesome films. And, yeah, send us an email. Let us know what you think. Directors. Yeah, that's going to be the one. We will talk about this. Good point, mate. Before we go away <laughs> in January, you can ever only ever watch films by five directors. Who are those five directors? Email, tweet us, let us know. We'll respond in January. Enjoy Christmas, holidays, whatever you may celebrate between now and then. We'll be back in January. And goodbye. Is that it? Shall I press the I'm button? Not saying it. I'm not saying anything else. I said goodbye. Okay, then. I'll do this. <laughs> I'll press this then. <laughs>